This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. I'm honored that you would come out tonight on this cold night. I know it would probably be easier to stay at home and put your pajamas on and get by the fire, but you said, I'm going to go to church. So something good when we make a sacrifice. You know, I I love Wednesday night services. I I know what it's like to work all day, uh, to get home and and feed children and try to do homework and then get to church. And so I do applaud you. I've been there many, many times. And so this becomes a a highlight sometimes in my week right here that Wednesday nights are such a blessing. And so again, I'm I'm glad you're here. Uh, If you need a Bible... Our ushers will get you one. Just raise your hand. Then we'll go to the book of Matthew 25. Opportunity to receive the tithes and offerings. As their ushers are doing that, uh, if you have a teenager, you have a meeting after the service to inform you about youth camp this year. And and I really, really, really encourage you to go down there and listen. And we'll believe God that God will get your teenagers there. And they'll have an encounter that will change them for eternity, okay? So be sure and go down there after the service. Uh, Bless all of you again. We begin here in, in Matthew 25, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, and he's called his own servants, and he delivered his goods to them. Now, if you notice here, it says he delivered his goods to them. So the goods are our heavenly father. And so you know what he's doing here? He's saying, I give them to you so you can be a steward over them. Now, if we had time, we would look at this entire parable here. But what happens? It says he gives to some five gifts, to some two, and to some one. Now, the attention isn't on how many gifts you have or don't have. The attention must go to the focus of what do I do with what he's given me? And so with the five, the two, the one, I want you to see just one more little verse here that'll give us a little bit of insight. Same chapter, verse 21. So the Lord said to one, well done, good and faithful servant. Now, when I read this, this is incredible If you were to hear those words, how would you like to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant? Why did God say that here? Well, keep reading. You were faithful over a few things. So because he was faithful over a few things, God said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Now listen, God said, I... I will make you ruler over many things. God said this. I didn't say God said, I will, because you were faithful over a few things, I will make you ruler over many things. And every bit of that was determined upon my faithfulness of what he gave me. Now, if you were to look at that whole thing again, he's giving you something, okay? There's nothing in there that says he gave to one five, to one two, to one one. But some of you, he didn't give you nothing. It had never said that. So we've been all given stuff. But it's not only the faithfulness in what we, we use our gifts and our talents with. But I believe this with all my heart. God also looks at your attitude in this. 
How do I know that? Well, 2 Corinthians, he says, God loves a cheerful giver. Woo, a cheerful giver. Not a tearful giver. Not a mad giver. And so something happens when I give my, my money when you give your time, your, when you serve and you serve with a cheerful heart, God is going to increase you. He's going to move you forward. But if you're a bedwetter, a bellyacher, a, a whiner, I'm going to tell you, God doesn't move in those areas. Something happens when I begin to do this. And so, Father God, grace me in this area that I'm faithful with what you've given me now. I'm not supposed to do this for live stream, but I, I need to give you this little illustration. You guys on the live stream, hang on here with me and I'll come back up here. But this is what God does. He gives us a few things. And so when I'm faithful with a few things, you know what happens? I go here. And you know what God does then? He says, bless them. Now let's see how faithful they are with that. And then we go up a little more. And we keep going up. And the reason we do that is because you're not going to start or go from level one all the way to level 11. It's, it's, a, it's a day by day, day by day step. And here's, here's an analogy that I believe will help you on this. That, you know, when you got a 10-year-old and he starts talking about driving. Well, none of us in our right mind would pitch a 10-year-old a set of keys. But I'm not against... When that 10-year-old starts maturing to begin to say, I'll teach you how to drive. But the first time he drives, you just don't say, here's the keys, see you later tonight. No, you get in there with them. And when you get in there with a 15-year-old, you don't have to tell anybody to put on a seatbelt. You don't put it on with a 15-year-old because they're going to do some crazy stuff. But the more they begin to prove what you're giving them, that authority, the more you begin to trust them. And the more you trust them, the more you give them a little more rope. And then keep on and keep on. This is what God wants to do. You got to start right there where you're at, okay? Easy. Not always. But God never said it would be easy. Here's one of my favorite cliches that I say often. Every sacrifice is based on preference. Let's pray. Father God, we love you, we honor you, we thank you for the opportunity to give again tonight. Lord, we just thank you for your faithfulness again in this area. And Father God, pour a, a grace upon every one of us in the area of giving, even the area of serving, Lord, that you would move within our hearts to be cheerful. And we give you glory on this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, all right. I know I go a little long on that. I, I, I really, really like to teach on these areas because every one of us in this room we deal with finances. Everybody in here. If that's wrong, is there anybody in here that doesn't deal with finance? I want you to raise your hand. I don't deal with finance. I'm out. <laughs> See, again, that's why we need to learn the biblical principles. All right. Moving forward, turn with me to, to 2 Corinthians 12. Now, we've been on a, the series here on counterfeits. It's going to be on this area, but it's going to look a little different tonight. 2 Corinthians 12 is where you're going, and so... You know, I, I begin to think about this. Sometimes in our life, we, uh, we struggle in areas. Sometimes we, we, we get into areas where there's the destructive cycles 
or these reoccurring sins. How many of you have ever had stuff that it's almost like you get on a carousel it's like, oh no, here we go again. Here we go again. Here we go again. Well, part of this is, I believe, kind of like with the Israelites, that the Israelites were in bondage in Egypt for over 400 years. And God moves them out of Egypt and he takes them to the promised land. So what I see here is God took them out of Israel or out of Egypt physically. But he could not get Egypt out of them spiritually. Mm. So just because I change locations doesn't mean there's a change in my heart. And so this is kind of what we're going to talk about tonight. So 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Ooh, if you are a note taker, if you have your Bible, this is a good one to mark, okay? Verse 9. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Now, we got to really define what grace is here. It's a God-given resource that makes holy living possible. It's an empowerment to help me and you achieve, even endure in hardships, struggles. Grace facilitates our, obil uh, our abilities to conquer every weakness. And so grace could be defined as a supernatural ability. Could you use a little supernatural ability? Ooh, I, I, I could use a double portion of it. So he says, my grace is sufficient for you. That's us. So when God says his grace is for sufficient, for, I, I believe this ought to be a, a prayer daily. This ought to be something that, man, I ask Father God, man, I, I welcome your grace. And, and notice the last part of this here. He says, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So you ain't got any weaknesses? <laughs> I do. I do. I need help in this. So I want to set the table here a little. And grace me, Father God, in these areas of my life. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Just right there to your right, you'll go to Galatians and then Ephesians. Once we go to Ephesians, we're going to jump back to Galatians just a little bit. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. Now I'm just going to read two verses in here for time's sake. Verse 26. Be angry and do not sin. Now, better stated there, it says... When you're angry, don't sin. Now, do you know anger is an emotion that all of us have? But he's telling us here, don't stay angry because if you stay angry, you're probably going to sin. You're going to get mad. You're going to say something you shouldn't have done. So he's giving us a little bit of insight here. And he says, be angry and do not sin or do not let the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, get rid of it before this day's up. That's a good one to note in your marriage, okay? When you get angry at each other in your marriage, remember, you got all day to get mad. I'm, I'm just kidding, okay? You got all day to get, just don't let the sun go down on that, okay? I mean, sometimes you look at your watch and say, I still got 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm just kidding, all right? <laughs> Let me get, thank you for that one amen. And your wife said, yeah, amen or oh me. Verse 27. Nor give place to the devil. Ooh, now pay close attention to verse 27. 
The word place here is a Greek word that actually has the meaning don't give ground or opportunity a foothold or a stronghold for the devil. Don't give place to him. In other words, don't, don't open that door back up to him. Because when I open the door to him, he'll come back in. And it's interesting there who he says this to. He says, don't give place to who? The devil. You know the devil's mission statement is John 10, 10. Kill, steal, and destroy. Can I help you with that just a little bit? He hates our guts, okay? That's his goal, man. He doesn't like us. So he begins to give us warning in this area. Don't give place to the devil. Better stated, don't yield to carnal disobedience. In other words, don't let your flesh have its way. And when I say that, I'm not saying you're going to be able to do it. It's not by willpower. It's not by I'm so strong. No. What do we do? God graced me in this area. Woo, I, I need a supernatural empowerment. And God begins to work in this area. Back to Galatians chapter 5. Back to your left just a little bit. Galatians chapter 5. Verse number 1. I say then, walk in the Spirit. Now, that word walk there is it's a verb, which really means that I, I'm going to have to be careful what I'm doing. I, I'm going to have to progress, a steady progression. So think about this. He said, walk in the spirit. Think about walking. Steps, step. Walk, a steady progression. And, and think on these lines. Some, sometimes my, my walk is a little bitty. Sometimes I'm just barely going, but I'm still going, okay? Other times I'm a speed walker. I'm, move, I'm picking up the paces. Of, the key is here, what he tells us right here, he say, I say then walk in the Spirit. In other words, David, Holy Spirit, I need you. I welcome you. And he goes on to say, this is why this is so big. And you shall not fulfill the lust of your flesh. Woo, that is powerful right there. I mean, I jumped in. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I jumped to 16. Back to verse 1. Man, I'm all over the place here. You guys are trying to follow me. Take me back. I jumped to verse 16. Take me back to verse 1 here. You wouldn't think I speak for a living. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty which Christ has made us free. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty which Christ has made us free. Now, if you read what he said, Christ has made me free. You know what that tells me? He's done it. He's done it. So I got to get to this place where I allow him to move in me. He goes on to say, and do not be entangled again. Don't be entangled again. In other words, don't go back to those things that used to, to dominate you. And it's like when he said, the Lord, is, he's made me free. I, I don't have to go back to that. So again, this goes back to kind of like 
What I said earlier, that God got them out of Egypt, but Egypt stayed in their hearts. I don't have to go that way. I, I can get away from those. But when he says, don't be entangled again to it, this is a strong warning. This can happen. And how it normally happens, I open, I open the door back to the enemy in areas of my life that I've struggled. What I found out about the devil is he doesn't go after your strengths, he goes after your weaknesses. But remember he said in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, his grace is sufficient for me even in my weaknesses. Who grace me up here today, Lord. I need your grace, I need your grace. And he says, don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now man, I begin to dig into this. You know, you think about the word bondage. The word bondage, it's got you. But when it says the yoke of bondage, the New International Version says the yoke of slavery. Chains, heavy burdens, and heavy loads. I, I don't have to go back to those where, where I, I serve my flesh. Now, go with me to verse 16 where I jumped a minute ago. I say then walk in the spirit. You don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit. You know what that is where I ask Father God, fill me with the Holy Spirit today. Holy Spirit, I welcome you today. So, he gives us in this insight Walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know what goes on within every one of us every day? There's this tug of war that's going on. And the spirit, the Holy Spirit goes to work in us. And he says, let me help you. Let me, let me fill you with love and joy and peace and self-control and goodness and kindness and gentleness and meekness. Let me help you today. But, but your flesh is pulling on you and it's telling this. And the tug of war goes day after day after day. And guess who wins? The one you feed the most. The one you hang out with the most. The one you look to. Verse 17. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Have you ever been there? I'm there. Do you know if we were truly truthful with each other we all battle these things day by day by day by day. Day by day by day. And you know, in the Proverbs, Proverbs 24, it says, a righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets back up. The key isn't if we're going to fall or the question, am I going to fall? The key is, I'm going to get back up. I'm going to get back up. And you may have made a mistake that you may have done something. I'm going to tell you right now, you repent and you get back up. And say, Lord, I welcome you today. I welcome you today because why? Walk in the spirit. Progression, progression, progression. Sometimes it's baby steps. Sometimes it's large steps. And I love to ask this on Wednesday nights. How many of you are farther along right now in your walk with Father God as a Christian right now than you were a year ago. Look at the hands going up. <laughs> See, you're doing good. 
way to go. So many times, though, the devil tries to work you over and he tries to get you to focus on all your wrongs, but and there's progression. We're all sinners saved by grace. I just don't sin as much as I used to. <laughs> Pastor, you still sin? I still got this thing called a flesh. <laughs> as long as I got this flesh, man, this tug of war is going to go on, okay? The spirit and the flesh, day by day by day. I want to give you some good news. Go to the book of John, chapter number 8. John chapter 8. Oh, my goodness. This is, this is powerful here. And you say, how, how is all this going to tie into counterfeits and that? Well, you'll begin to see here in the Bible or the scriptures here some things that it'll help us. John 8, verse 31. Then Jesus said to those who believed in him, they're born again. If, if you abide in my word, you are disciples my indeed. If you abide. Now that word abide means to remain in. It means to live in. The word abide is a day by day by day by day. Verse 32, and you shall know the truth. You know the word know has the meaning to progress and attainment by personal experience. And you shall know the truth, which is the word of God, and the truth will make you free. Now, many times when you get around believers, they'll really quote verse 32. You'll know the truth, the truth will set you free. You know the truth, the truth will set you free. Well, that's only true if you, if you obey verse 31. I must abide in the word day by day by day and when I stay in the word and I remain in the word, he said, you will know the truth. You will begin to progress in the truth and it brings this attainment and the truth will set you free. The word of God will work if you'll stay with it, if you'll live in it and if you'll abide within it. So I can take you back years in my life where I struggled in a certain area bad. Bad, 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 bad. But I begin to find scriptures that really would move within me. Now, when you, you find scriptures, you, you know what the word of God is? When you find a scripture, that's your title deed. You know what that says? It's yours. When you got a title deed for your car, it's mine. The Bible's your title deed. So I, I would find scripture and, and I would begin to speak the word of God. I would begin to say over myself what the word of God. Actually, where I stood was Colossians 1 verse 13. It says, he delivered me from the power of darkness. I, I'm born again, but I'm still dominated in an area called alcohol. I mean, dominated. But he said, he's delivered me from the power of darkness. 
Think about those words. He has delivered me from the power of darkness. Just what we read earlier, he has made us free. So you know what that tells me? He's done everything he's doing. He said, I've done it for you. Now you just got to walk in it. So day by day, boy, I'm telling you, I had it on notepads. I had three by five cars. And I would say, thank you, Lord, you've delivered me. You've delivered me from the power of darkness in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Now, when I begin to say that, it didn't happen the first time I said it. It didn't happen the next week, the next month. It didn't happen overnight. But I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm, wa- I'm progressing. Something's happening. And you know what that something is? You, you stay with the word and the word will get on the inside of you. The word will start moving within you. And after a period of time, when you speak it, this is why it's important. You say the word, you speak the word day by day. This is, this is uh, Joshua 1 Verses eight and nine in that area, and it says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your tongue. You gotta start saying about yourself what the word of God says. And when you start saying it, that word of God begins to take root on the inside of you. And all of a sudden, I get to a place where I know the truth. It becomes, it becomes real inside me. It comes alive inside me. That's in Hebrews. The word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So from the time that I found this passage of scripture, Colossians 1, 13, and I continued to live by it, until I was totally set free of it, was close to four years. But I was seeing victory. It was little steps. And then the steps got bigger, and then the steps got bigger. And then Jesus set me free. Tell you the word of God will work. Okay, back to the scriptures. Verse 33. They answered him, these Jews, and they said, we are Abraham's descendants. And we've never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say we'll be made free? Now, when these guys said this, we've never been in bondage to anything, to anyone. Do you know this is one of the most comical verses in the entire Bible? We've never been in bondage to anyone. Well, if I read the history of them, they were in bondage for 400 years. We've never been in bondage to anybody. So, I mean, it's like us. I can go around, have you ever been in bondage to anything? No, I've never been in bondage to anything. You've never been in bondage to, to lust? Nope. You've never been in bondage to, to lying? Nope. You've never been in bondage to stealing? Nope. Well, you know what? You're in serious denial. (laughs) That was just like them. And so if you know what they said here, they said, we're descendants of Abraham. You know what that statement means? They felt because they were descendants of Abraham, they were just automatically grafted in. You know, the blessings of Abraham would come on them, but they had to obey. In other words, they couldn't live however they wanted to. They still had to walk in the things of God in order to receive those blessings. Now watch, 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 watch here. This gets really good. 
So Jesus answered them and said, Moshe, surely I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Whew. King Jesus, an eternal truth. When I'm committed to sin and I pledge to sin, I'm a slave to sin. This does not mean I have to be perfect. But when I do sin, it bothers me. I'm like, I don't want to do this, Lord. I don't want to do this. You know, if any time you've ever sinned or got over an error, you knew that you disappointed God. Man, you would sense it. I was like, oh, my God. It's like breaking your parents' heart. Have you ever broke your parents' heart? My mom and dad here, I never did that. Thank God. They could write a book on how many times I broke their heart. <laughs> so what did I do when I'd break their heart? I'd just say, man, I'm sorry. That's what we do to Father God. We just repent. You know, when you blow it in your family, you don't come home some Friday night after you really blew up, made a huge mess out of your life as a teenager or even a young adult, and your dad said, that's it. You no longer have my last name. You're out. I never had my, you, 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 your last name's not Swan anymore. You're out. No, all the years I messed up, I'm, I'm still a swan. It's the same with the kingdom of God. You're still a son of God when you say, Father, God, forgive me. I, I, I don't want to do this. And, and you know, for us as human beings, if we just confess our sin and repent of it sincerely, you know what that is? You're taking steps. You're taking, you know what you're telling Father God? I did that, but I don't like doing it. I don't want to do that. So, Father God, back up the dump truck again and pour out a ton of grace on me. <laughs> Keep reading. And a slave does not abide or does not remain in the house forever, but a son abides forever. So, you know what he's telling here? A slave doesn't have permanent standing like a son does. But you know why we become a son? Man, I blew it, Father God. Now listen to what he says in verse 36. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. This is an established position right here. When the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Ooh, I needed to get somewhere, but I'm not going to make it. I didn't even get to the part of idols tonight. And so I go back and I, I think of areas in our life, a lot of times the things we need to get set free from are literally things that have become idols of my life. It can look different for every one of us in this room. So what happens with an idol is we take something that God meant for good and we turn it to bad. We start looking to that thing to take God's place in our life. And so I want you to write something down here. Do not settle for a counterfeit version for a promise. In other words, when I find a promise from God, 
Hang on to the promise. Don't look at a counterfeit version of it, okay? And so the things that God desires to bless us with, oftentimes they become idols. If I'm not careful, God begins to bless me with wealth. And before long, I move God out of the picture and I begin to serve money, the God of money. The God of possession. So God could bless you with whatever your favorite hobby is or uh, things that pertain to it. God may bless you with a new boat or a new yacht. Woo, it was a blessing from God. But before long, I start missing church. I start missing the things of God because I now serve the yacht. Woo, God blessed me with a brand new Harley. God's not against that. Until I start idolizing that Harley and it begins to take the place of God. Instead of spending time in prayer, I'm cruising on it. So you begin to see what he does, that he'll take those things and he'll make them a counterfeit. And so we go back and we think all the things in our life that God's blessed us with. Oh, Father God, I'm grateful. But I cannot let it become an idol of my life. Now, you got to come back next week because I had some stuff in Jeremiah that I got a hold of the other day that really, really moved me. We'll pick up back there this next week. But I want you to stand up here. We've got about a minute or two. And just with the word of God tonight, I'm going to ask you to bow your head. And some of those passages, I, I want them to come back alive within you. Remember, we started out there. God's grace is sufficient even in my weakness. You know, if that's you, just you can bow your head and say, that's me, Father God. You can raise your hands to heaven and say, that's, that's me, Father God. Grace me in this area, Lord. Grace me. I, I welcome you today. Gr grace me, the Lord, to walk in the things of the Spirit. Grace me right now, Father God. Gra grace my walk. Grace my steps today, Father God. And help me not, not to fulfill the lust of my flesh. And Father God, you said that if I would abide in your word, that within your word it has the power to set me free. Oh, Lord, I welcome that right now. And we ended and it said, who the Son sets free is free indeed. I, I ask you right now to say that to the Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, set me free. Set me free from lust. Set me free from uh, 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 an ugly tongue. Set, set me free from the bondages of, set me free. And so all I'm doing right here is, is trying to get you to a place where you can do this with God day by day. God welcomes you to come before him like this. And so, Wendon, Father God, I, I pray right now for all of us that you would grace us. That you would, you would set us free. And, and Lord, right now, the ones of us that have been set free, that there would be a touch of heaven upon us, that we would not be entangled again to those yokes of bondage. That, Lord, you would breathe on us, and we thank you for that tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.